The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington, Ontario. I've been telling you for years, decades, centuries now, that Crosswinds offers the best value in public golf in all of Ontario. Have you been listening? Yes, you have. Uh, Of course, there's the 18-hole championship golf course, the million-dollar views, which I believe have been upgraded to billion-dollar views now, and the commitment to excellence by the staff at Crosswinds. But there's so much more. If you're looking to book a wedding or a special event in 2021, well, Crosswinds has you covered with outstanding banquet facilities. So when you add it all up, the golf, the commitment to excellence, the banquet facilities, just the whole vibe of the place, it's really cool. It's relaxing. It's Crosswinds. Head and shoulders above the competition. 68 bucks to play during the week. 78 on weekends. Such a deal, as my uncle used to say. Book your tea time online now at crosswindsgolf.com and tell them Hebsey sent you. Now, let's start the podcast. Hey, everybody. And you too. Yes, you. <laughs> Welcome to Hebsey on Sports episode number 100 and Wayne Gretzky. Um, and by the way, Toronto Mike, I'm talking to you, just you right now. <laughs> Anyone else that might be listening or watching, you're not supposed to pay attention because I'm supposed to have a one-on-one right. conversation with the person. If Radio you want to eavesdrop on that, that's up to you. <laughs> that's cool with us. We're good. I'm in the Little Italy studio. Mike's in the subterranean studio in New Toronto. Last week, we were together in the flesh, six feet, seven inches apart. <laughs> um, and that was a lot of fun. And uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to Toronto Mike podcast number 700 and... Eight, I'm thinking. I'm thinking six. 706, sorry. Sorry, I'm dyslexic today. Give that a listen. That's myself, Mike, and uh, Milan uh, Talsania, uh, Fast Time Jewelry and Watch Repair. And we had a good um, media, sports media, roundtable, kick-ass, name-names edition. Well-received. The feedback's been amazing, and uh, a lot of people tuned in for that one. You were on fire. That was then. This is now. Today on the show, right now, as we speak at 9.24 a.m. Eastern Standard, or is it still daylight time? I don't remember. The uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Wait a minute, Hebsey. No, no. It's August the 21st. How could it, the Stanley Cup playoffs? No. What Am I listening to a repeat show? What the hell is this? No, this is episode 199, and the Stanley Cup playoffs are going on. Yes. The Calgary Flames gagged on the Dallas Stars. The New York Islanders eliminated the Washington Capitals. The Toronto Maple Leafs, still shaking my head about that team. Still can't understand how they couldn't beat the Columbus effing Blue Jackets. Tonight, the Montreal Canadiens will try to stay alive against Philly. The Vancouver Canucks will attempt to put away the defending cup champions from St. Louis. But really, that's uh, that's hockey. The big story is baseball. As the Blue Jays take a doubleheader for the Phillies, they're now 5-0 and without Bo. But I got a bone to pick with the Jays because they're allowing a nobody to wear the jersey number of the great Tony Fernandez who passed away earlier this year, tragically. Why not honor this man and take that number out of circulation? We'll get into that. Are the Jays tone deaf? That's a rhetorical question. Of course they are. They have been for some time. NBA playoffs. Hey, the Raptors look to go up 3-0 of the pesky Brooklyn Nets uh, this afternoon. That's right. (laughs) 10.30 a.m. Pacific time. My buddies on the West Coast who are Raptors fans. At 10.30 in the morning, 
You know, that's tip-off time there. Wow. Breakfast with the Raptors. <laughs> I still say they're going to win the East, and, and I think they can win the whole thing this year. I'm telling you. They're, when it comes to advert, Fred Van Vliet, greatest free agent signing ever. Right. It's yeah. all coming Undrafted. up. Mike, I'm just back from a nice little golf trip to Western Ontario. Had a wonderful time. How was it? Because uh, I know those sunsets. Uh, sunsets on Lake Huron are beautiful. Bayfield, Ontario. Okay. Tell us you about it. That is? Yeah. Uh, is it near Grand Bend? It is. It's north of Grand Bend. It's people like between Grand Bend and Goderich up there. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit on the other side of Grand Bend next week. So, Where? Uh, Pinery. The Pinery. Oh, actually. love it. What a great spot. So listen, do yourself a favor when you're there. Go up to the um, Oakwood Resort and have uh, have dinner uh, out on the patio there overlooking the golf course. Just beautiful. Food. I'll and use the uh, food. the Hebsey on Sports uh, expense account. Uh, well, you can try. <laughs> what the heck? Put in for it. Anyway, so we're up there. And uh, so we're staying in an Airbnb in uh, Bayfield. And um, the folks running the Airbnb, lovely, lovely people. At the end of our stay, where there are three nights, the, the gentleman says, uh, oh, by the way, I'm I, a big fan of yours, and I've been listening to you on – I've been listening to you since your days on radio on CKEY. Wow. That's the early 80s when I had a nightly talk show, a two-hour talk show, the only talk show on Toronto radio at the time, or right. television for that matter. The only one, nightly, five nights a week, six to eight o'clock powerful CKEY 590. And this gentleman's telling me as we're leaving, like as we're packed up, about to pack the car up and go, how much he used to listen to me back then. <laughs> and then says, so when you come, he says, so when you return, if you come back, he says, I'd like to, to sit down and talk sports with you. Wow. That would be one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> like, well, that's a nice invitation. And, all, and I'm thinking, you know, I should just, you know, just if you listen to the podcast, you kind of get the, the vibe. But it's funny that you would mention that. It's like if you had someone, quote unquote, famous staying at your house or staying at your Airbnb, would you wait till the very last minute to tell them oh. what you thought of them? Like muster up the courage to say, by the way, I maybe a fan of your music, Mr. Springsteen. <laughs> you might be you might not want to bother them, right? And then you might just want to let them know at the very end when you don't have to see them, you know. I, I think right. that I could do that move, I think. Right. Now that's only if you have a place whereby they they don't have a private entrance. Because generally, if a, you know, most Airbnbs I've gone to, you have your own private entrance key. You never see the owner. No need to unless there's a problem, right? Right. You right. deal through the app or, you know, you text, whatever it is, but rarely do you, you know, the person's actually there. There's instructions left. There's a lockbox, the whole thing like that. So that's a bit different too. That's when you have a place that does not have a private entrance, which is what we had. Right. You know, I'm right there. But, but if I saw Hebsey, yeah. if Hebsey was renting my, uh, my home or whatever, uh, I would want to talk sports with him too. You'd see the name and go, Mark Hepsher, wait a minute. Is it the same Mark Hepsher? No, it can't be. <laughs> it's got to be another Mark Hepsher. <laughs> and then they hear that voice and they go, my neighbor, the other right. day my neighbor was, I don't know, doing some yard work and heard Peter Gross's voice, like just heard it in the wilderness. Like I hear Peter yeah. Gross. And he came over and turned the corner and he goes, Peter Gross. And we were recording, I was recording with Peter Gross in my backyard, but he knew the voice because he heard it every morning on uh, 680 for years and years. It's he funny, heard that yeah. voice. Yeah. And he's like, it's like, there's the voice I've heard how many mornings. It's funny. So if you hear Mark Hebsher's voice, you know right away, Hebsey's here. <laughs> I think it's more the voice than the face. I think when you look at someone and go, that guy looks familiar, whatever. I think when you, if you hear the voice and never see the face, right. you're more likely to go, wait a minute, that's pretty distinct. For sure. Um, <clears throat> so while we're in Bayfield, just funny enough, I see a, 
a real estate sign. I see the name, this name. I won't say her. Oh, yeah, I will say her name. The name's Diane Snell. And I'm going, Diane Snell. I knew I went to college and was very good friends with a girl named Diane from Bayfield, although her original name wasn't Snell. But I'm looking, that's her. Anyway, long story short, I get her number and I, I call her and I say, hey, I'm in, I'm in Bayfield. And she's like, come on over for dinner. Wow. It's been, no kidding, Mike. It's been almost 40 years. Wow. But we were really tight in college, right? 18, 19, you know, 20 years old at Conestoga College in Kitchener. So, yeah, so we went over and just had a terrific time, reminisced, you know, pull out the old class picture. Jeff Hutchison was in our class. Oh, yeah. At Conestoga College that year, right? Went on to big things, of course, at CTV. And um, just like reminiscing over all those years. So it was a really interesting trip. And then we went down to Grand Bend and uh, played some golf and hung out with some friends there, the Scatchard family, lovely folks there. So it was a nice little trip to Western Ontario. And how many sunsets did you see? Oh, my God. They are beautiful sunsets. I mean, Lake Huron sunsets are gorgeous. We saw, you know, we were in Bayfield and we saw one in Grand Bend as well. They're they're similar, but it's just gorgeous. And and there's all kinds of places along the Blue Water Highway there around um, off Highway 21 where you can just watch the sunsets. And they're just a nightly thing. And, you know, and the sun's setting around 8.15 nowadays. So you get there hmm, quarter to eight, let's say. And it's packed. People are taking their pictures. And we took a ton of pictures. They're just gorgeous. And the colors that you get and the horizon is spectacular. Highly recommend. Good stuff. Okay. So um, you're a Blue Jays fan. I'm a Blue Jays fan. Last night's game, by the way, they won a doubleheader. It was beautiful. I see this picture, uh, Shun Yamaguchi, and he's wearing jersey number one. And I'm thinking, we did, we just honored Tony Fernandez, this poor fellow, this wonderful guy who died prematurely, 57 years of age, kidney disease, been suffering. From, I think he had announced it a couple of years earlier. I had seen him last year. I was emceeing the Roberto Alomar golf tournament, and Tony was there, and he, he was not well. You could tell he was not well. He, I, uh, I went over to speak to him and he kind of waved me off. You know, I uh, just, I really don't feel like, and it wasn't an interview. It was basically to say hello. He kind of acknowledged that, but you could tell he, he was suffering. But the Tony Fernandez Foundation, um, a lot of, uh, a good deal of the um, proceeds of the Roberto Alomar um, uh, events uh, goes to the Tony Fernandez charity. He couldn't continue on running uh, some of the events that he could because he was ill. And Roberto Alomar, a very good friend, um, said, you know what, we're going to donate a lot of our proceeds to the Tony Fernandez charities. So such a wonderful guy. To see number one out there, it, it, to me, is a real affront to Tony Fernandez's legacy. I tweeted out last night. I forget the exact tweet. But while I'm watching it, I just, it, you know, that number should be retired. And it's disrespectful to the Tony Fernandez legacy and anyone that saw him play or his family, everyone, decided to go, wait a minute, that, especially this year. He just died in February. Could you not have picked another number for this dude? Could you not have said to Yamaguchi, hey, I know you like number one, but it's kind of an important number with this organization. And pick any other number. I can go Do both. I think that am I in the uh, wrong here, Mike? No, you're not in the wrong. I, but I can see it from both sides. Like I'm with you. I think that this administration, if you will, is a uh, tone deaf, I guess, when it comes to the history of this ball club. And we've seen we've had a few examples of that. 
And it would have been a nice gesture to take number one out of circulation. And I'm not saying retire number one, but maybe maybe you're right. Maybe maybe uh, pick a different number this season or whatever. But at the same time, you know, um, they didn't retire the number, and I'm not sure they should. I'm not sure they have to retire number one. Like they I have did, the. Pack. But I didn't say they should retire right. the number. But Just, this year I especially, I know. Could they not say you know for 2020 to honor Tony Fernandez and his legacy? <clears throat> No Blue Jays going to wear number one. And then after that, they can make the decision as to whether to take it out of circulation, put it back in, give it to a special player, honor it, put it up on the wall, you know, next to his name. Right. It doesn't bother I mean, me the way it's bothering you. If you have an organization, you, but... a franchise that's been around for 43 years, isn't it about time you started setting some type of precedence when it came to honoring those who served your organization well, who the fans remember? Right. Okay. The fans aren't going to go back and go, oh, that Mark Shapiro, he should be in the, on the level of excellence along with Pat Gillick and Paul Beeston and Cito Gaston and Carlos Delgado and George Bell and Joe Carter and Tony Fernandez and Roberto Alomar and Roy Halladay and Tom Cheek. I think that's it. Is Dave Steeb there? Dave Steeb, excuse me. Oof. Come on, don't. Yeah, I know he was a little bit of a dick. Even someone was saying, "Hey, thirty-seven, you know, Teoscar Hernandez." I think thirty-seven. I think Dave Steve. And yeah, me too, kind of. But no, not like the Tony Fernandez number one. Tony, Tony's dead. But Tony and passed this is away. Twenty twenty, and it's a weird year. And I go just for this one year. But that just got me when I watched him pitch. And the other thing was, and I don't know if Dan Schulman and Buck Martinez are in a position to say this, even if it's on their mind, or they say, "I don't want to take a shot at the Jays organization." But I kind of would like some kind of acknowledgement from somebody uh, in the mainstream media to kind of go, hey, could he have not gotten another number? Doesn't that look weird to you? Like make, make at least proclaim that you are somewhat surprised and maybe it's worth a discussion about this wearing number one when we just honored Tony Fernandez. Died in February, for gosh sake. No, I'm with you because if he hadn't played with the Jays in a couple of almost a couple of decades, and they did do the uh, they honored him with the patch, which was a was a good move, I think, a smart move. And uh, I I'm I kind of like I can see what you mean. It would be bothersome to see number one out there because he just passed away. But you are awfully you know you're awfully close to this one. Uh, it's that's po- true. You know I, I am, and so I'm 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 going so I'm going to ask you: Is there anyone? Do you think would anybody object? to the Blue Jays taking jersey number one out of circulation. They didn't even have to make an announcement about it. But but would you object? Do you know of anyone who would object to retiring jersey number one? How about that, Mike? I'm going to put it out there. It's a big deal to retire a jersey. You know, you got to go back. Why did you retire the jersey? Did he yeah. die uh, tragically young like Roy Halladay? Okay, retire jersey. Bob Gassoff of the St. Louis Blues died in a motorcycle accident. Got to retire that jersey. So there's Bill reasons to retire a jersey. The New York Yankees retired jersey number eight for Yogi Berra and Bill Dickey, right? Because right, he right. had worn eight before that. But at the time, numbers weren't such a big deal. Lou Gehrig's number four was the first jersey, I believe, to be retired. Ooh, maybe Howie Morenz's number seven for Montreal. Ooh, that's a good one. When did, uh, what about, uh, when did they retire Bill Barocco's number? Well, that would have been in 51, yeah. right? When he died. Right. Uh, Nobody wore it after that. Okay. But, although I think the first was Gehrig in 40. He died in 1941, Lou Gehrig. And Howie Morenz's jersey, I don't know. He was 37. Let me think about this. When did they retire the jersey? That's a good one. 
Huh. We'll let some of you get the, some uh, research to do here. On sports readers here, my thoughts. No, listen. I um, I think if it was taken out of circulation to honor Tony, we'd all think that was a nice gesture. Like that was, I think that would be a nice move, and we'd all kind of be pleased with that. But the fact they didn't take it out is not going to ire many people the way it's iring you. I like the word ire, but I think because I, I am a big iring, Tony. Iring not a word. It's not a word. Iring not a word. Okay, well it should be. It should be a word. I'm a big Tony Fernandez fan. He's a long time blue jay and he's one of the most popular blue jays of all time most hits i think in franchise history still and a lovely oh, no, man not you think I, he has the most yeah. games the most hits right. all those gold gloves for consecutive years in the mid 80s right if bill madlock doesn't try to take him out with a freaking football tackle and he breaks his elbow right we win it in 87 right 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 and he's got another all-star see i mean he was a good ball player Guys, again, based it's sort of the Paul Henderson thing, right? Like, does Henderson deserve to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame? But this isn't a Hall of Fame thing. This is a personal thing with an organization that took this kid from the very – they drafted him when no one wanted him. He had, you know, uh, real uh, health issues. Uh, they nurtured this kid. He was an all-star two years in a row, and they didn't call him up because Alfredo Griffin was their shortstop, and he was not bad at the time too. So he, he was a Blue Jay from the beginning. Now, whether the fact that he played for the Mets and Cleveland, it doesn't matter. There's just something about, and also baseball grew in Canada because of guys like Tony Fernandez. It's not the same comparison with Vince Carter and, and Raptors basketball. But there are some similarities in that, that flip throw, that Tony Fernandez. I mean, he, I mean, I know a lot of people who grew up, you know, learning baseball and appreciating Tony Fernandez as much as people appreciated Vince Carter for what he could do. Good food for thought, Hebsey. I'm going to think about this one because it wasn't bothering me, but now that I'm listening to you, it's right. starting to bother me. So thanks for that. Okay. And now, so, so if you go back in Toronto sports history, of which I'm an expert, of course, um, I had the same problem with the Toronto Maple Leafs many years ago. And a lot of it had to do with Harold Ballard, of course, but they fumbled around do, you know, okay. At the time they had two retired numbers. Number five for Bill Barilko, who died tragically, okay, on a fishing trip. Um, and the other one was Ace Bailey. Now, Ace Bailey was a very good hockey player who, in a game against the Boston Bruins, was hit by Eddie Shore and suffered a fractured skull and never played again. And the reason the NHL All-Star Game began was as a benefit to Ace Bailey. And so they retired his number six. He never played again. And again, that's the thing to do at the time. And I mean, even still, if a play, an active player is, uh, you know, dies or, uh, you know, paralyzed, something happens and can't play again, you know, it's like, you know, we got to retire his number. We got to honor this guy. You know, he, he wore that number, you know, with great pride representing this organization. Okay, that's cool. So they have two retired numbers. And, and then, you know, number 27, Frank Mahovlich. Well, he gets into it with Punch Imlach and they trade him away and nobody wears it. I think Jerry Meehan might have worn it for like a season. They kind of say, hey, what, what number you want there? And I don't know if Meehan knew, well, that's Frank Mahovlich's number. I can't have that. I don't know if it, that conversation even took place. But then Daryl Sittler wears it and wears it with pride for like a decade as the Leaf captain. So now you got two guys who are kind of iconic Leaf players. Number 27. And when Sittler got traded away, I remember saying this and said, you know, you can't let anybody wear 27. They let um, Miroslav Inachak. That's it. That's what happened. They gave number 27 to Miroslav Inachak. And I'm like, oh, how could you do that? 
Right. At least if there was, was Peter in a check, that's you know, one Ballard thing. was alive still. And, you know, that whole thing like that. And Mahovlich before that. I just thought, man, come on. These guys shouldn't be wearing 27. But certainly not Miroslav in a check. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, but I mean, it was just a shot. That was just a. And this is sort of the same. You know, if you gave it to Bo Bichette and said, you're the next Tony Fernandez. I mean, I know that's a stretch. But, if we, you know, we think that. We, we think that you you would represent the Blue Jays, young people in that, in this era, wearing number one, the same way Tony Fernandez did with youngsters back in the 80s. You know, all shortstops who were from Canada wanted to be like Tony Fernandez. They wanted to make that great fielding play across the bottom right. throw, the flip throw, switch hitter. May I ask you a question, Mr. Hebsher? Uh, would you feel this passionately about the number one uh, if Paul Beeston were the president. Well, what does that have to do with it? I'm just curious if Paul this is Be- just I, yet I don't another. Think Paul Beeston is president. I think, look, he may have gone to the other guy and say, look, I think we should do this. And maybe he got voted out or whatever. Because Mark Shapiro, uh, there's been a few examples where uh, he's failed to kind of appreciate uh, some Blue Jays history. And I yeah. just wondered if this was maybe another like straw breaking the camel's back, and maybe that's part of why well, you're uh, so. Uh, who's resp- Who would be responsible for this? Have they had discussions? Are, should we be privy as the, uh, the 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 public, as fans? Should we be privy to those discussions? Like you know, we had a discussion about the number one, and we've decided to take it out of circulation but not retire it. All right, that's good. Or we've had discussions about it, you know, due to the due to the backlash on social media by this one particular podcast host, <laughs> uh, you know, and the number of responses that he got. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't even looked at how many Twitter likes or whatever the hell, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of them there because this is something that Blue Jay fans are, you know, passionate about. Hey, this guy just died. Hump Yamaguchi is wearing it. And it, and let's face it, Mike, yeah. a single number on a pitcher looks dumb. It just looks dumb. It it looks, I'll tell you how dumb this looks. Now I'm going to go back. If a goalie wore a number other than one or 30 back in the days, a goalie, you go, what's what's this? Right. Or 31. It just doesn't look right. So a pitcher wearing a, like Marcus Stroman, I'm sorry, number six, it just doesn't look right. In fact, it made him look smaller than he was. Do you know what I mean? A single digit. Yeah. He should wear 88. Yeah, no, a big number. We're, we're a number. A double That's the biggest number. number. Even, even you know what? Even a pitcher with like a like that wears like ten or eleven or twelve. Mark Langston wore twelve. I liked you know, uh, I just, uh, Juan Guzman. Something about Guzman wore forty-five. Uh, Guzman wore sixty-six. Ball, hit you between the eyes. Right. Fergie Jenkins thirty-one. Give me that ball. Hit you in the ribs. Let's go. Thirty-one Jenkins. Right. He's Hall of Famers. Not, not number one. What the hell is that? Looks Red. like he's playing, seriously, looks like he's playing in the Japanese league. Because that's okay in Japan. Sadaharu O was number one. They honor him. Okay, fine. That's oh, may- different. Well, maybe that's why North he, America maybe, now. yeah. Interesting food for thought. But that's and probably. And Jays to even go, oh, yeah, um, like, was it the equipment manager? No. Who was it that said, uh, you know, here you go. Here's take one. He's no probably, he's food. probably honoring O. Well, guess what? That doesn't work here because it's Tony Fernandez country. <laughs> All right, so the Blue Jays have, uh, by the way, jumped above the 500 mark. They're a playoff contender right now, Mike. So, hey, let's talk Let's talk postseason. Three games back of a wild-card spot in the American League. Three and a half back of the Rays, who lead the East. And guess who the Jays are playing this weekend? 
the Rays. Four games, baby. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. As long as, long as there's no COVID problems like they had with the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, yeah, four games against the uh, Rays, and they never play well at the Trop. But maybe this group of players, maybe without Bo Bichette, they're 5-0 and oh without Bo Bichette. 5-0. Huh. and oh. In a short season like this, with five all the... 5-0 with, oh, without Bo. With all these uh, extra uh, playoff spots in such a short season, it's amazing how if you like if you unplug for a couple of days, uh, every, your whole fortunes change. Like things can change very quickly this season. It's unbelievable. And these comebacks, like that comeback yesterday, was like crazy. Yeah, not second time in a week that they've been down. I think they were down. They were down eight runs. Was it last week? Yeah, we lost that yeah, game. Though. The Marlins, they lost 14-11. But remember, we talked about it last year. They were like eight runs. They were down, uh, I think they were down eight to nothing. Yep, yep, yep. In that game. And this one was seven to nothing yesterday. Crazy. Fantastic. I love it. Yeah, good stuff. Let's keep it going. Let's do that. So um, they've got the Red Sox after that, too. And the Red Sox are horrible. I mean, a Boston baseball fans are like, they've thrown the season in already. They're... They're eight and 18. You know, they lost Mookie Betts. They got injury issues. They got all kinds of problems there, but they're just horrible. And the Jays literally have a chance to make the playoffs. Last I mean, week. It could be exciting. September baseball again, October baseball, November baseball, December baseball. <laughs> you said oh, it's last... only a 60 game season. I forgot or something to that effect. Yeah. Last week you told me on my show, you said that Nate Pearson was terrible. And then now he's, uh, I, I see he's on injured reserve. So do you think those uh, are connected? They, uh, they had to put him out of circulation because they, they heard they need to work with him. Mike, you and I talked about this, you know, you get people excited, especially when you get people who are, not working as independent journalists. They're working more getting Blue Jay stories, hyping Blue Jay stories and players, trying to get clicks, trying to get views, trying to get people to read or watch their material. I mean, I, I can't blame them for it. That's how you make money. The more eyeballs that are watching the games, the more advertisers are willing to pay, the more bums in the seats when you can do that. So I, I get that. But I mean, the independent journalist is the one that's not drinking the Kool-Aid about Nate Pearson. Ooh, he throws 103. It's great. But can he get anybody out? And this has long been a problem in baseball, the pitcher that throws hard. You can go all the way back. Every smoke, every guy that threw smoke, that blew guys away, that struck out an you know, inordinate number of guys titillates people right my god he blows people i got news for you every major league hitter every major league hitter can hit a 103 mile an hour fastball they can all do it if they, he misses his spot with 103 it doesn't take much of a swing to hit that out of the park i mean it they know how to shorten their swings they're major leaguers that pitch has got to have movement he's got to have you know be able to change speeds he's 23 years old and they this guy was the second coming of jesus christ oh he dominated at every level he didn't dominate at every level so, so, you know, do you want to, are we going to blame all of the, I don't want to name people because, you know, are we going to blame everybody that works for Rogers or is part of a Rogers affiliated um, media company? It's just the way it is. It's that way, not just in Toronto, but everywhere. Yeah. A prospect comes along from the time that you get this guy, you're looking at him closely. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., of course, Nate Pearson. Go back over the years, all the number one picks. That's what happens. Eddie Zosky. <laughs> but, I mean, Nate Pearson throws 103. That's great. 
doesn't mean squat. Steve Dalkowski could throw 107 miles an hour. Couldn't find the plate. Wow. Wow. Hebsey, remember, if you're Ryan not- Ryan Duran could throw hard, so hard that if he missed high and tight, he literally scared the hell out of guys. Wouldn't they, they were afraid to dig in because they didn't know where the ball was going. Right. Wild thing. Hey, if you're not selling wins, you're selling hope. I think I heard that one. Hey, how come we're almost a half an hour into Hebsey on sports and we haven't talked about the uh, the sports action I'm most excited about? The Raptors. Yeah. We're, we should be leading off with Raptors, no? Well, they don't play till this afternoon. Okay, but, but they're playing playoff games. I got it. Okay. I know it's heavy on sports. I'm a little more it's... emotional about Tony Fernandez's number being worn by Yamaguchi. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get it. And, the, you know, they're playing today. <laughs> so hang on. Okay. okay. In fact, by the time some of the people are listening, the game will have been over already, you know. So, yeah. The Raptors, you know, up 2-0 against Brooklyn. I said they were going to win the series. I think they'll win the series. They made it difficult. But that's what happens in games. Games Basketball is a game of runs. I get that. They had to outscore the Nets 30 to 19 in the fourth quarter. Fred Van Vliet, greatest free agent signing in any sport ever in the history of sports. Wow. Greatest. Wow. I give, wouldn't have given you a 10 cents for this guy's game. I couldn't believe that he even made the Raptors when they had like a 15 man roster that year. Right. I saw him at Wichita State. He was a good player, but not great. He, you know, his defense was terrible. He was slow, couldn't shoot, injury prone. Besides that, he was fine. <laughs> now he's an all-star of all-stars who was the who played guard last year for the raptors in the championship season who was it danny green yeah, right don't remember him at all no but when you say Boy, greatest free agent much better player you mean of undrafted players yes undrafted just been did i say clear. free agent yeah i meant undrafted because most free agents were undrafted anyway right so uh yeah in the meantime, the other part of the story, of course, is not just the Raptors, but the revelation during the Raptors playoff series that Messiah Jury was right all along. Then we knew he was. We knew that this racist security guard, rent-a-cop, whatever you want to call him, was, come on, you know, oh, we didn't, he didn't present his credentials. They weren't outside of his jacket. He got, dude reached in, security guard pushes him, pushes him again. Oh, come on. Bullshit. But doesn't that, like, you know, you're upset over the Tony Fernandez thing, and rightfully so there, but uh, this is the one that's been eating at me, just how that moment for him was kind of stolen. Like, that that for moment sure. should have been, what a glorious, like, the pinnacle of his career mm-hmm. and all that work and effort, and, and then to have it kind of ripped away with this nonsense. And why did it take so long? Like, why, why, why the delay before we kind of exonerate him with this video that we've all been watching this week? Like, like it just... Oh my God, this doesn't sit right with me. Ask the lawyers, Mike. But why did they, they pro- if they saw that video, if that, the, you know, why didn't they release it sooner? I don't, I, I can't answer that. But if the Oakland police department saw this a year ago or whatever, why, like, I don't understand why everything continued. It just seems, uh, I don't know. I'm, aren't there civil suits? Is there a civil suit involved here? Yes, I think so. Might have something to do with it. You want me to call my brother? He's a criminal lawyer. Would you? Uh, we could use that expertise. But bottom line is, Masai was was done dirty, and uh, th- that's awful. Agreed. Um, I should mention something about Dale Howardchuck for a second. Really, oh, yeah. What a sad story. It really is a shame. Ducky was a good guy. Um, spent some time with him. Decent fellow, for sure. Uh, I think I did one of the first interviews with him as a pro, he was drafted by Winnipeg in 81 
And one of the first games that he ever played as an NHL player, and might have been the first, was an exhibition game at the North York Centennial Arena. It might have even been a scrimmage. So maybe not an exhibition game. It might have been a blue-white game or something like that. No, I know what it was. It was, uh, it was part of a Leaf. It was uh, a game against the Leafs at Maple Leaf Gardens. I believe he was, yeah, he was a rookie first um, game playing for Winnipeg Jets. Uh, so it would have been the fall of 81. And I interviewed him at North York Centennial Arena. The Jets, that's where they had their uh, workout the day before. Super nice. Well-dressed, polite, 18-year-old kid, Dale Howardchuk. Of course, I had seen him play junior. who was a superstar with Cornwall Royals. And uh, died too young, man. Sad. And, and, I mean, one of the superstars, like, uh, he, he just put up the points, that guy. Uh, I remember whenever in, the, in your hockey pool, you were uh, always lucky to get Dale Howachuk on, on your hockey and, I mean, he played in. And, I mean, he played in tough, man. Winnipeg, they were in tough a lot. They had to play Gretzky and the Oilers all those times. Right. You know, he played in the shadow of those guys. I mean, he was on that Team Canada 80-17. What a squad they had. And, you know, anyway, just a shame, a shame when anyone dies young like that. But, you know, when someone that um, – meant that much to like the city of Winnipeg like you know still live there after he retired as a jet and had gone and played in Buffalo and I think Philadelphia as well yeah so yeah Winnipeg and Dale Howardchuk you know like like this man forever but anyway Ducky was a good guy and um, rest in peace do you remember that uh, there was a there was a Buffalo Sabres team that had all the Chucks? Like I remember, they had Howard Chuck, they had Andrew Chuck, they had Millar Chuck. Do you remember this? Like all the Chucks were on this. Go uh, on. I think that's. But isn't like that enough? This. Isn't that enough? <laughs> it is. That's, that's good. three like three Chucks. I think that could be an NHL record. Three chucks. Right. Well, now you see again. Anyone watching that uh, wants to do some deep research, there's a good one for you. you I come with, with the, the fun um, things. With the pre, not the pre, the suffix Chuck is that would it be? The, I don't know suffix. I don't know the yeah. Our Andra <laughs> Malar. Right, and then Malar yeah. now. Kin, how about Philadelphia had Kendra Chuck? Right, Boris Kendra Chuck. Okay, right. I don't. I don't remember him actually. Uh, I don't know. There's also spellings of it that it's pronounced Chuck, but the last four letters aren't, or the last five letters aren't C H U C K. It's uh, C Y K. Some other form of letters that, but that's pronounced Chuck. Right, 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 like right. Walt Kachuk, for example, or uh, or you know Matthew Kachuk is Kachuk, right, right. But it's C Z U K, but that could be considered. Right, 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 right. Uh, Just saying. Uh, do you think the raps? Because my son, uh, you know, he's an expert, eighteen-year-old uh, James, uh, has guaranteed yeah. from uh, he's guaranteeing that the Raptors sweep the Nets. Uh, well, uh, if if they don't sweep the nets, what does he have to do? Because he had guarantee. Like, what's he? What's, that's a good question. I have to the penalty. I'll ask what's him the punishment for. <laughs> it's easy to say. It's easy to make a prediction, but I mean, if you're if you're wrong, what do you have to pay? You know, what's the punishment? And you're right. That game two. That game two. Uh, the nets were awfully pesky. Uh, I felt very lucky that we pulled that one out. So. Yeah. See, where I was, you couldn't get the games. I don't know what channel they were. Raptors games were on, but we couldn't get any of them. Yeah, and there were no bars to go to. You couldn't go to a bar and say, "Hey, put the Raptor game on." What about the radio? Couldn't find anything on the radio out there. Yeah, you're right. You're far away. You're None right. None of the stations right. out there have Raptor <laughs> games on the radio. Yeah, you don't get. If there uh, were, I couldn't find them. 10, or they weren't. Let's put it this way: they weren't, you know, available. I couldn't, uh, you know, where I was, you know, tune into, you know, CXYZ and you know, Raptors basketball. No, I think I, I think it's the fan. 
they, or TSN. They take turns, uh, radio right? Radio 1050, but I don't believe it's on the other station. I couldn't find it. No, and they take turns, was. those two. I'll just talk to Taddy about that, actually. Right. Because you used to be able to listen to most teams' games. Well, the, in the province of Ontario, I would say, you could, you know, if you are a Ticat fan, you could pick up their games on CHML. I don't know if other stations carried them, if the part of the Ticat radio network. I mean, the Argo radio network was... Zero stations, as far as I know. It was just the local. My feeling on this, and maybe it's because I only ever, like, you know, left Toronto in the summer. Maybe. I don't know. But you could find a station carrying a Blue Jay game throughout, throughout oh, that's the different. province. Blue, no, Jay, Blue yeah, Jays different. is different. The Blue right. Jays actually were the ones that came up with the idea of a full network. Right. Is that uh, uh, telemedia? You know, I mean, CBC that- Radio, obviously, if you listen to Hockey Night in Canada back in the day, yeah, CBC was everywhere. You know, this radio CBC affiliate was in every town, every single place in Canada. But I'm talking about like private radio. And, you know, I just think that the Jays, you know, when they started, they said, look, we're going to get a lot of interest in baseball. Baseball's a summer game. Baseball's a radio game. It works yeah. beautifully with radio. And they went out to, you know, the, uh, they went out to Len Bramson and his team went out and um, went to stations across the country, not just in Ontario. So would you be interested in carrying Toronto Blue Jays baseball? We have 162 games. Right. Um, most of them are evening games during the week and weekend daytime games. Would you, you know, be able to in your programming schedule? And a lot of stations said, yeah, you know, whatever format they were running. Sure. You know, you're also, we're your Blue Jay station in this community. Tune into us for Blue Jays baseball. It was very successful radio network. I don't know what it eventually reached i mean i have to talk to vicky mckee or people like that but i mean the blue jays radio network had you know 50 60 i don't know stations across the country some radio networks like st louis has had over 200 affiliates in every wow. single corner of like the, of um of the united states wow they carried cardinal games wow because there's a big deal but that's a magic feeling like as a kid i would visit i had grandparents who lived near like midland ontario and you'd go up there for mm-hmm. a week or something and just the fact you could have a radio in your bed at night and find Tom Cheek and Jerry Howarth. Like I still magic. remember the magic of that. Like, Oh my goodness, my blue Jays are here too. Like it just felt like magic. We had a cottage up near Peterborough, Fenland falls actually between Fenland falls and Bob Cajun. And I'm sure we listened to every single, I know we listened to every blue Jay game, especially those West coast games that started at 10 30, you know, it's a summer night and we listened to them on, I think nine eighty in Peterborough was the station might've been a station in Lindsay actually. Now that I think oh. of it, CKLY in Lindsay, I think wow. maybe, but cool. whatever it was, yeah. you could dial through and some stations were more powerful than others. And in nighttime cottage country, you know, you could pick up I mean, stations from all over North America, clear channel stations, but yeah, you tune in that local station that went, Oh, you know, Oh, wait a second. The Lindsay station, the Peterborough station, maybe the Ottawa station's coming in tonight, or maybe we can get, uh, we could never get 1430. It's terrible. North of Eglinton, the signal was jumbled. It was terrible. Yeah, magic. Anyway, listen, we're going to get to uh, hockey. Uh, Raps and Nets tee it off, uh, tip it off at one thirty this afternoon in game three. Uh, and I would love to go to a bar this afternoon and watch this game, but not possible these days. Can't do it. Got to find a patio. patio. Right. <laughs> well, you know, aren't bars open? They are. Yeah, they are. But I think it might be possible. You still want to do social distancing. I know, I know. You shouldn't do it, but I think you can legally do it. You can legally do it, but I still don't see, I, I just can't see like a number of people getting together in a public place and cheering. You can't do Jurassic Park. No way. No way. You can't put that many people into a bar together that close. 
And it's a different chemistry when people are that far apart. Maybe have you they, don't have that same vibe, that same energy of a crowd, right? As maybe in the second or maybe in the conference final or something, or maybe the NBA final, we right. all have a Hebsey on sports. We get together somewhere outdoors where we can uh, right. put this on a Six screen. Six feet apart, though. Until, of course, yeah, until yeah. public health tells us that we can be three feet apart. Right. Two feet apart, and then eventually we can actually touch other people. Right. Can't wait. All right. We're going to get into hockey in a second. Uh, first, a word about Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. I'm playing there tomorrow afternoon. I can hardly wait to get out there. Boy, the weather's just been fantastic. We played some really nice courses in Western Ontario. Very lovely, um, but not like Crosswinds. I long for the beauty and splendor of Crosswinds. Something about playing on a beautifully manicured course with outstanding views of Rattlesnake Point and Mount Nemo. That gets me going. I don't know what gets you going, but that gets me going, among other things. <laughs> Crosswinds is one of the finest, if not the finest public golf course in Ontario when it comes to value. You're going to pay about a third of what you pay at those Toronto courses, and Crosswinds is 45 minutes from Toronto. Certainly worth the drive. I've taken guests and friends out there, and each and every one of them has raved about the conditions, the quality of service, and the commitment to excellence. Book your tee times online now at crosswindsgolf.com. Tell them Hebsey sent you. And if you see me on the course tomorrow, well, you can't come over and say, well, you could come over and say hi as long as you don't cross too many fairways, but uh, give me a wave, say hello, or just go, Hebsey! <laughs> I get that a lot, you know, Mike. Do they go, do they give you the tatty line? Yes, guy. Oh, yeah. Do you ever tell them, hey, that's not me, that's Jim, or you just let it go? I, I don't, I've, I had uttered the phrase many times myself, Mike, but I know that Jim has it like patented. Right, he owns that. I think he's got the print version patented. <laughs> okay. I don't think you can patent So you can't make t-shirts that say, yes, guy, have the unsport. Yeah, that would be different. <laughs> I don't want a t-shirt to say. That's not I said idea. it enough times in my life. I don't, I get it. It's cool. It's yes, good. But guy. thanks for recognizing me. Yes, Happy guy. <laughs> uh, the PGA Tour stop is uh, the Northern Trust Open. And since Tiger Woods is playing, hey, the world's interested. He's got a sore neck, but he still managed five birdies, a 300 par 68 in yesterday's opening round. <clears throat> and uh, Canadians Nick Taylor and Mackenzie Hughes also at three under after the opening round. They're well into the second round by the time you hear this now, so I'm not even going to get into updates and stuff like that. And as they used to say, check your local listings. <laughs> Do you remember that, Mike? Of course, of course. <laughs> check your local listings. For movie that times, a, right? A, you know, a, a national or even a regional broadcast that, you know, they weren't sure where you were listening from. So, like, you know, in your area, that was like the Blue Jays radio network, you know? The local commercials were inserted you know, uh, in, in the breaks. Right. So, you know, Tom Cheek, hey, Tom Cheek of the Blue Jays laid three to two. Well, back after this. That was a terrible time. I Cheek. thought it was and for then, like... Uh, the, the local radio station would yeah. insert their, their, you know, their commercials, their promos or whatever. And then right. there would be time for a network commercial. So you'd have to get back and flip the network switch back on to get, you know, Tom Cheek reading the McDonald's commercial or right. whatever the national commercial was as part of that commercial cluster and, and they'd always try to squeeze in it was supposed to be i think two minutes between innings it's either a minute and a half or two minutes between innings and so that's you squeeze in as many commercials as you could get in there right because they rarely unless there was a pitching change or an injury would take a break during an inning for a commercial no so but they you, guaranteed you a certain number of commercials right, right? because you knew that there was going to be commercials during the half inning breaks and anything else was like a bonus like hey you get a pitching change Right. You know, I remember saying to them, I said, you got to get Pampers 
to, to uh, sponsor the pitching changes. Hey, we're going for a change. Why don't you check the baby? <laughs> Brought to you by Pampers. Right. Thought it was a great idea. Or oil change. Check something. your local listings. <laughs> right. right. Uh, the Dallas Stars eliminated the Calgary Flames in six games last night in the Stanley oh. Cup playoffs, winning 7-3 to three after falling behind 3 nothing in the first six and a half minutes of the game. I didn't know this. They so, didn't pull okay. their goalie. Okay. Rick Bonus didn't pull Anton uh, Kuboden. Left him in. And the Flames choked and gagged on the 3-0 lead before they knew it. They were trailing 4-3 and had replaced starting goalie Cam Talbot with David Rittich, who was horrible. He was so bad. He allowed three terrible goals. He was so bad as the backup with the score 7-3. The Flames went back to Cam Talbot. Now, Mike, I can't remember the last time a goalie was pulled from a game Right, sat on the bench while the other goalie gave up three goals, and then came back into the game. I've I've seen a goalie pulled, you know, for a few minutes to cool him off or something like that, and then back in. But I've never seen a guy. I can't remember where a guy got yanked, cooled out. Okay, take your mask off, guy, work out your frustrations, and then uh, you know what? Your your backup's worse than you. Get back in there. See, I'm learning this now. Like I actually had no idea, and I feel bad. I feel bad when a when a when a guy comes off the bench, a goalie, I mean, comes off the bench, uh, you know, kind of for, cold into a game. Because you're, you, I could see, you know, you allow three bad goals, but it, I Stanley feel like... Stanley Cup playoff game, Mike. I know. I, I still Not feel bad. Not a regular season I game know. in February. I know. I know. I know. But he wasn't... Here's your backup goaltender. I mean, as you're, I your backup for a reason. He's not as good as your number one, I guess. His first first playoff game, Man. it's only 4-3. You know, there's lots of time. It's the second period. You know, try, hold the fort. Oh, uh, it's too bad. Hold and I, the fort. So, uh, okay, well, I guess you'll tell me, but what, what Canadian teams are left? Is Vancouver still around? I know this is such ignorance. Yeah, Vancouver I have no, and Montreal. Okay. Don't, okay. don't steal the rest I'm of I'm sorry, I haven't okay. uh, checked the notes. That. You know, I'm a good Canadian. Please continue. Even though I couldn't give a shit about Vancouver. Montreal, I, I'm interested in. <clears throat> but no, I don't care about okay. Vancouver or Calgary. Or Please continue. I'll back off the mic. Uh, Calgary had a 2-1 series lead in this, of course. I, I, I was not following the series closely, but I, I'm told. Calgary led the series two games to one. And then uh, they lost their leader, their emotional, spiritual leader, their physical leader, Matthew Kachuk. He got injured, and then they were there never, never the same. And that's it. Goodbye, Calgary. That's too bad. And goodbye, Columbus. Got beat by Tampa Bay. I, I had to use that line. That's a movie, you know. Goodbye, Columbus. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. You didn't never heard of the movie Goodbye, Columbus? No. It's pretty good. I'll yeah, have to check it out. Sports it elements to it too. No, I never. I don't. I don't know that title. Oh, it's got one great one where the kid. This kid plays basketball at Ohio State, and there's a tape. He's got a tape, a recording of his final game as a varsity player. And as he's in the bathroom shaving, he's listening to this tape of the announcer going, now Ron Potemkin, six foot five at a New York city playing his final game. And you hear the cheering and all that. And the look on his face as he's listening to the announcer talk about him, you know, in great detail, lovingly is just one of the great scenes. And it's in this movie. Goodbye Columbus. Jack Klugman is in it. Richard Benjamin's in it. It's really good. Wow. Okay. uh, Gotta check it out. Um, New York Islanders knocked off Washington in five games, clinching their series yesterday with a four, nothing win. Nice to see Barry Trotz and this Lou Lamorello guy (laughs) achieve success. Who would have thought that Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello, you know, would have had any uh, impact on a championship uh, caliber team, you know, and turn the New York Islanders. Isn't that the team that uh, lost John Tavares? Why are they better without John Tavares? Because they play as a team. And it has nothing to do with John Tavares. It's the system they play with the players they've got. 
they built a team that for a perfect type of system. I'm not saying John Tavares wouldn't have worked in that system. That's not for me to say, but they didn't have that system in place when he was playing for them. And how successful were they? Answer: Not very. And how successful are they now? And Barry Trotz John is a Tavares, yes, but also with Lamorello getting the players, the certain types of players. The I mean, I can't remember which ones were around. Uh, you know, he hasn't been there that long, but I don't don't recall which ones were around before him or had been drafted by the previous GM, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, you you, you get complementary players, you build a team, and um, John Tavares is not part of that team, and the Islanders are moving on. Washington, pretty good squad. And Barry Trotz is the right coach for that team. It sounds I boy think is he ever. And again, that's why Lamarillo went and got him. This guy knows how to coach a championship team. Let's see what type of, I know what type of team he likes to put together. Do we have those players? Yes. Can we get other players compliment? Yes, we can. Let's do it. And they did. Beautiful. Are, are you of the opinion uh, you think maybe Shanahan uh, should have uh, kept Lamarillo and uh, like, like instead of Dubas uh, or Mike? Yes. That's a whole other show. Okay, that's we'll save that. We'll save How much that slack do you give young Tyler? Kyle Dubas is no longer boy wonder. He's well past that. Kyle Dubas is Nate Pearson? Vladdy Guerrero Jr.? Young, potential. Where is he now? How many years do you give him? Is this the same discussion we're going to have with Vladdy Guerrero next year at this time if he's just not producing? Pearson? Any other prospect of any other Toronto team? No. Same oh. thing. So Kyle Dubas says the honeymoon is over for this dude. But not only that, you know, somebody's going to file divorce proceedings pretty soon unless he can. And how does he do that? <laughs> he's, he's kind of locked in with the players he's got. It's up to the coach, Sheldon Keefe, to get these players to play better so that at least so to save his job. Huh. He may not last until next playoff season. I don't know. But Glamorell no longer available. Babcock no longer available. Who are you going to get now? You're going to get Dave Poulin and say, hey, come off the TSN desk. We're sorry what happened before. We need you. Hmm. Oh, kind of stuck with what they got. And is Mr. Shanahan getting the uh, stink eye from the board of directors at MLSE? Hmm. And then Shanahan, what happened? <laughs> So this right now, if Montreal manages to hang on and take this series against Philly, I don't know if they were. Oh, tell me Boy, what's going on there. Look even worse. Tell me what's going on with the Habs. Like, uh, so it's Philly and Habs. What well, is first this? of all, Brendan Gallagher, okay, yeah, gets clobbered by this Matt Niskanen, high hit against the boards. He's got a broken jaw. He's out for the rest of the series, and oh. they give Niskanen one game. <laughs> so here's NHL. Here they are again, man. Here's you had your chance. Should the punishment fit the crime? This dude, you knocked on their, one of their best players out for the series. You should be gone for the series. They gave him one game, which could be the series anyway, but that's not the point. I mean, it was pretty vicious, and you took out Gallagher, and that's a guy that the Habs could really use. They're facing elimination tonight. Okay, so is, is, is uh, Philly up three to two? Three games to two? Very good, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm catching yeah, up. No, it's not three three. It's three two. Philly leads three two. Right. Yeah, three two. So Montreal's got to win, um, and Niskanen should be out for the series, and that's just um, that's that's a mistake by the NHL. But uh, you know, the NHL is kind of they've kind of been quiet during let the series take you know, do their thing. But this is again, and there hasn't been a lot of controversy. But this is something where it's like, man, in the playoffs especially, we went through this with Cadre before. Cadre got you know he Cadre didn't get one game. I don't recall. I think he got bounced for the rest of the series. Yeah. So anyway. 
no consistency there. And Vancouver, and I'm hoping that doesn't happen tonight. They're, they could eliminate St. Louis tonight in game six of the series. Canucks up three games to two. Of course, the games are all in Edmonton. The Blues, even though they're on the brink, you may recall, are capable of coming back, as they did last year several times, en route to their Stanley Cup championship. You go back over St. Louis's postseason last year. They were effed a couple of times. Right there, there's no way, and they uh, managed to uh, come back. So, never say never in Vancouver. Good team, good team, but uh, St. Louis has got a bit of playoff experience. We'll see what happens there. Hmm. The Montreal Impact, Mike, will have actual fans at their Major League Soccer home game next week. That'll make them the first professional sports team in Canada to play in front of spectators. You may recall, I mentioned on last week's podcast, the last one, that the Dallas football club, Dallas FC, had allowed several thousand, almost 3,000 fans into their game, 10% of capacity. And uh, they had some problems, issues with the national anthem and the kneeling and the booing and the throwing right. of water bottles. But there are actual fans at that game. And there's going to be 250 people in, um, in Montreal. Uh, uh, the stadium, Stade Saputo. Uh, holds 20,000. The maximum number of people allowed in any public gathering in the province of Quebec, 250. That's just so I think on. Yeah, not many people there. Okay. That's 250. Uh, okay. Proper distancing, and it'll be the Montreal Impact against the Vancouver Whitecaps. That's next Tuesday. Now, why, Mike? Why would you say why? 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 Well, neither Vancouver nor uh, Montreal have left Canada in the last while. In other words, they've come back. They were in the States in a bubble. They've uh, gone through all the COVID-19 protocol and uh, the game takes place in Canada. So they felt and public health agreed that you should be allowed to uh, play and have a socially distanced audience. Everyone Everyone over the age of 10 must wear a mask. I'm going to assume that any spectator that's under the age of 10 will also have a mask on. Even though it's not mandatory, I would think that they would wear a mask. And fans will have their temperatures taken before entering the stadium. Now, by the way, TFC not allowing spectators for their home games. And at this point, same is true with Vancouver. But in Montreal, yeah, go ahead, 250 max. Now, Mike, would you go to a game like this with a 10% capacity Enforce social distancing and everyone wearing masks outdoors. All right. I'm being very honest, Hebsey. If something is outdoors and I can control that I'm six feet away from everybody, I absolutely have no problem doing it. Like I'm doing it now. I would I would meet up with Hebsey on sports fans in a big park if we all stayed like in our circles or whatever, six feet apart or whatever. Like I would do that today. My only concern with the sporting events is getting in and out. Like, uh, I don't know how they manage the going through the gates and like that part of it. Well, like, I would think, I would think Mike, that you're, it's up to you and you would be reminded to remain unless you're, it's someone in your bubble to stay six feet away from other people. So when so you enter the, up uh, to, you yeah. know, okay, folks, there's only 250 of them. Right. 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 Uh, in a, in a stadium that's that big, I'm sure it's like, okay, you folks, that's your exit. Right. You folks, that you you 25 folks, that's your exit. Right. Right. Oh, so, four of you are in a bubble together? 
should so be you know easier. It and then sounds, since we're used to it anyway, yeah. since we've been doing this since March, yeah, it shouldn't be that difficult. It so it sounds to me it sounds safe, and Doable. I would be comfortable doing that. Doable. And again, let's say you, I go with my son who's in my pod, right? Like right. we're beside each other, and we can like hug even after goals or whatever because we're in the same That's pod, right. and we're yeah, we'll have a good six feet from the other people's. You know, and I, I, because you're outdoors and because we know about the ventilation and how this virus spreads, I would feel safe in that environment. Yes. I think I might as well. Yeah. I was going to ask, uh, how would you feel? I think I would be okay with that. And again, because you, you would have to try, first of all, if it's enforced that you have to wear a mask and the social distancing is enforced. Right. And that's, that, that, that it's a combination of self-enforcing it. Right. Being aware, yeah. like we all are. Like and, when you're in law blogs. authorities having <laughs> to enforce it. Right. Right. And again, I believe in today's society, if you were to allow 250 privileged people in at $49 a ticket for the privilege of watching a game live, I believe that all of those people, like to believe, would be aware of the situation, acutely aware, and would do everything to um, continue to, to, you know, do the right thing. You know, Hebsey... I think I would be feel safe outdoors, six feet apart from everybody, without the mask. So having the mask in place is that extra layer of like better safe than sorry. That would be like putting this over the top for uh, you know Health Canada or whatever. Like I yeah. think that you don't when I'm outdoors and I'm talking to you on on uh, Toronto Mike like last week or Hebsey on Sports yeah. last week, we were six feet apart, no mask, and we were comfortable. So yeah, with the mask, I think that's a slam dunk. This is safe. Uh, have you know, have you gone out enough or have you noticed enough what um, I know that the patios are open, of course, all over the province of Ontario. Yeah. But are people eating indoors or are you, more importantly, are restaurants actually setting themselves up to serve indoors? I didn't notice it at all. We were in Perth County, Huron County, Wellington County. We're in... Um, Oxford County, I didn't notice any of the places that we went to that were serving food indoors. Uh, I, I personally haven't experienced this because I've, I've decided I'm patio only. I, if I'm going to eat somewhere. Yeah, I'm the same, but I, I was wondering though. Huh. Like, you know, I think they're out there. Like I've heard stories. I've heard stories of people who have had you're, meals. You're allowed to, right? Yeah. Like kegs or Stage Kelsey's. three allows for indoor dining, correct? Yeah. Along along with proper it's, indoor protocols. It's happening. Uh, we just haven't noticed it. But uh, some places, of course, are uh, not don't want to open up the uh, indoor dining room for safety reasons, etc. Right. But it is happening because I've heard stories from people who went to a Kelsey's or a keg or something and they were inside. So it's happening. I just haven't. Well, I was weeks it. ago when we were up uh, golfing right. up in Muskoka. I mentioned right. that to you. Right. And it was really an odd feeling. But again, the tables were far apart. I, you know, we were fine. Um, but it's almost as if the restrictions now are, um, I don't know, not laissez-faire, but like, you know, should, can you go, should you keep your mask on even when you're ordering your food and then only take the mask off when you're actually eating the food? Yeah, I don't know. See, I've seen that. I've seen, you know, please leave your mask on until you're eating your food. This right. is for outdoors. But I would oh, think indoors outdoors. would be even like, yeah, for sure. You're indoors. You can't take your mask off. Unless you're eating. Right. Yeah, it's tough to eat. And that may be enough of a restriction to go, I don't want to eat indoors <laughs> anyway. Like now, for sure. Takes the experience away. Takes the looking at your, all of that stuff. Would you have predicted a year ago we'd be having this conversation on Hebsey on Sports? Of course. <laughs> no. 
not at all. Uh, and, and with that, I think it's time to wrap up episode number 199 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike, as always, for production and inspiration. Thanks to our fantastic sponsor, Crosswinds Golf and Country Club, for their love and support. Uh, book your tee time online at crosswindsgolf.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, uh, I'm at Hebsey Man, and Mike's at, at Toronto Mike on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Twitter, please. <laughs> Twitter and Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> uh, thanks for allowing us into your headspace. We're back with another exciting episode of Hebsey on Sports. That'll be episode number 200. Woo! Um, send in your suggestions. I, I'm not a big numbers guy. You know, I'm not a big thing on, you know, like age and numbers. It's, it's a number. Are you biking number one over? For Tony Fernandez. Are you biking over for the big 200? I, I noticed you're not here. Is, that, it's, is it a big deal, 200? I, you okay. know, the marketing department thinks it's a big deal. Let me know. Let me know, and we'll come up with something a little more special. Not that anything could be any more special than what we had for you today. Uh, so we'll talk to you again next week uh, for episode 200. Until then, so long for now. This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number from unwanted calls. Visit romephone.ca to get started.